All right, well, welcome to our Christ Central Church Fredericton podcast and our first one. And so we're excited to be able to uh, talk to Emma today and really the whole uh, sort of context of our podcast. We just want to share some stories of what uh, God's been doing in the lives of people in our church. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be helping facilitate today. And I just want to welcome and introduce Emma Bicknell. So Emma, welcome. Hi. And why don't you just, I know uh, maybe not everyone knows you, Emma, so why don't you just share a bit of your story, a bit of your background to get started. Um, well, I grew up in England. Not, I not, could tell that there might have been a different <laughs> accent. No. Yes. Um, I grew up in England in uh, Norfolk. Um, and um, it, in a really small village um, with my parents and my sisters. Um, and I lived, we lived in Hevingham, which is a small village, until I was about 11, and then we moved to a slightly bigger town, Elfsham. And, uh, yeah. So help me out, though. If I'm picturing England, whereabouts? Am I east. northern England, east, south? Okay. East, east. It's the bump. It's the right. pig's Pig's bum. <laughs> so for, I'll show my naivety, compared to London, where are you? It's um, north, yes. east, but east. Okay. It's a little bump that comes out above London. Yes, that's where Norfolk is. All right. And how did you end up in, to Canada? Like, how did you, um, when did you come and how did you we, end up in Fredericton? We came uh, to Canada in 2010. Wow. So I grew up in Norfolk, but then moved down south um, I went to university in London, um, I got married and we lived in, um, in Lardsing on the south coast, which is quite near to Brighton, and um, we went to a, a church in Worthing down there, which is connected with yes. the New Frontiers family of churches, and that's how we heard about Fredericton, and um, through quite a few years process of feeling God calling us to Canada, we, uh, we ended up here in 2010. And here you are, 11 years later. Yes, 11 years. <laughs> Hard to believe, isn't it? Oh, that's great. Well, amazing how you've ended up here, and uh, wow, over a decade has gone by. Well, selfishly, we're thrilled that you're here in your family in Fredericton in Canada. And today, Emma, I just wanted to share, and we're going to talk about really an important subject and topic, and one that might be maybe not so comfortable to talk about and certainly sort of in our culture and that has to do with eating disorders and so I just want to thank you in advance for being honest today and just sharing a bit of your um, story and hopefully it might bring some help to those today and we know eating disorders come in different varieties and different even levels of you know um, and for both men and women and uh, so why don't you just if you don't mind just share a little bit of your story and a little bit of your background and we'll kind of you know sort of how how did things develop and then how did you get some help but we'll yeah. just start first with a bit of your story yeah well i growing up i loved food mm -hmm. I, I love food like i have memories of big family weddings and you know buffets out and you know you'd always come away uh, feeling sick because you've eaten <laughs> so much yes that you, we understand you mm -hmm. know <laughs> you'd make yourself feel ill um and really uh, well a bit of background too is I yes. um, my family was Christian family mm -hmm. it was all, I was brought up believing God going to Sunday school yes. um, but it wasn't until I was 11 and we went to a Bible week called Spring Harvest yes. in the UK and it was that week March 1983 when I 
um, gave my life to Jesus. Right. And that's a very clear wow. memory. At 11. Very, very clear. Yes. Um, so that's when I was saved. But as often happens in teenage years, mm -hmm. there were two things going on. There was my church life, my Christian life, but there was also part that was, I don't know, which is it's a bit of a tangle. Yes. Yeah. But um, I can't, there was lots of things that contributed, I think, to me developing an eating disorder, yes. uh, as I think with these things there are. Um, you know, lots of things going on. Like I found some things out about my family that I didn't know before that I found very hard to reconcile yes. um, and to understand just, just to adjust to that that reality yeah. um, uh, I, I felt rejection from friends um, at various points as, as often people do Ooh, especially in our teenage but, years yeah yes. and it's a transition in England to high school is at, as, uh, at age 11, 12 yes it's a younger it's a younger yeah. you, you're in high school from 11 to 16 yes. and a sixth form college 16 yeah. to 18 yeah. and when I went to high school I went from a really little primary school elementary that's yes. elementary years um, where I was kind of I was smart and I was top dog and I won the school prize every year then I went to a high school where I was not the centre of attention <laughs> the, the context changed the context yep. changed mm -hmm. and um and I think I started high school really trying to make my mark and I was really I was really very outspoken about my faith. I wore an I Love Jesus badge. I was very loud about it. And um and maybe how did that I, go over? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> not well. Sometimes it did. I think I managed to scare several of my friends <laughs> into the kingdom of God by telling them that they were going to hell if they didn't give their lives to Jesus. But, uh, you know, that doesn't, did, doesn't stick for very long, no. that approach. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so I wasn't the most popular. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't mind that. I, kinda, I was prepared for, you know not everyone to accept Jesus yeah. or everyone to accept me but as time went on and lots of things I'm a perfectionist I like to do well I you know and that's a that's very common for people with eating disorders yes. come from that kind of you have that kind of mentality mm -hmm. um, and I, it didn't just it wasn't one day I didn't have an eating disorder. One day I did. It was very gradual. I, I gave up something for Lent. Yes. Um, one year when I was about 14, never ate it again. And I just found that I could, it was something I could control. Mm -hmm. So either kind of partly consciously, partly subconsciously, mm -hmm. I just started to restrict yes. what I was eating. So, just a quick review. Yeah. Following Jesus at a young age, a lot of change though, teenage years, a lot of things mm -hmm. going on all at one time, some family things, different dynamics in school, and even starting out with something good, giving up something for Lent. Yeah. Even that, even though it was for good, started 
a bit down of a road and maybe just share a little bit because when we're talking about eating disorders, there's different types and, yes. you know, we have anorexia, we have bulimia, there's different things. And again, different scales of how the depths of what can people can get into things. Can you maybe just share a little bit what was specific to you when you start to mention control and maybe are, were there other looking back triggers, things that you now realized contributed to sort of going down this path? Well, I remember once, and it was at a, we went to a Methodist church at the time, um, and I can't remember how old I was, maybe around 10 to 12, somewhere around that. Anyway, I, I was taking something from this buffet table, it was a, a, a buffet celebration after a christening or something like that, and I took some trifle, and you know how you put a spoon in and sometimes it just like far more than you want and that's what happened there and yes. I had it on my plate and I walked past someone I can't even remember mm -hmm. who it was in the church but they said look how much that girl has put on her plate and it just stuck really? it, it really stuck in my head comment. just that mm -hmm. one little comment just kept and I forever after when I went to anything I was super conscious really, of wow. what I was taking because yes. I did not want to look greedy so just that little yeah little comment just stuck and that, so that that was a little trigger that kept replaying yes. in my mind and made me very conscious in future whenever there was a social event mm -hmm. not to appear to be yeah. taking too much or wow. and, and that was a, a, a little trigger but then um it got really bad for me because it wasn't so bad through that those high school years yeah. I was just gradually restricting um, but then from 16 to 18 it really got a little uh, more out of control than it was and I though I thought I was controlling it it was controlling me my thoughts it just dictated my whole daily life from when I got up in the morning to what I was doing, my routine, I was thinking about thinking about that whole cycle of restricting, and if I broke the rules, my rules. Okay. Then. So that was going to be my next question or comment, Emma. Can you just maybe just expand a little bit upon? Because I know sometimes it's a hybrid of all these things, but sometimes there can be different root issues. You know, yep. body image, and we're concerned about how other people look at us or how we look and but then there's issues of control and again sort of what what were some of the driving factors that really caused you to kind of be crippled by this disorder well I think I yeah growing up what people thought of me what I wanted to be liked like yes. any teenager yeah. like any I wanted to be liked I wanted to be successful I wanted to be popular and when those things don't happen then you're just trying to how do I change yeah. how yeah. do I oh. change to and not even though those that was all tangled up mm -hmm. in the mess but then um, there were there were relationships that went friendships that went wrong that kind of tripped me yes over and and caught me off guard and and um you know, some unhelpful relationships I had, friendships I had mm -hmm. that were not great 
for me and uh, and when I felt rejected that kind of I, yeah. but yeah I had a bad body image I never I never ever thought of myself as pretty from yeah. when I was very young I don't know why that was because I was always That's... brought up to to I could do anything yes. but I never saw myself as attractive yeah. ever so I had that like wrong kind of thinking anyway many things we wrestle through and so not just anything, teenagers you no know, not just teenagers <laughs> and that's I know that can happen through your yeah. life but uh, yeah for me it was it, it so Emma before me. we get to sort of turn in the corner of how how did things change can maybe just briefly can you paint a picture of what what was a day like sort of at its worst as you said things kind of got gradual even from age 14 but kind of maybe the worst was ages 16 to 18 or beyond like take us through walk us through just briefly a day and just sort of how how serious how major was this affecting your life um a day was i would get up early really early um because i'd have to read my bible exercise practice my clarinet before i went out the door to get the bus to go to sixth form to get to to sixth form college um and if i didn't do those things then the day wouldn't in my head, yes. the day wouldn't go right if I didn't get all those things done before I got out the door. And um, so then I'd, I'd inevitably head out the door not having had time for breakfast, deliberately. Yes. Um, maybe grab an apple from the fridge kind of thing. And, um, and then, um, yeah, and then at school, uh, well, at, at sixth form college, you know, I'd hang out with my friends, I'd do all the, all the stuff. But wherever food was concerned, I would be avoiding, I'd be avoiding it. I'm very happy to provide food for other people, but... Um, the irony in that, isn't it? it yeah, it is. Wow. And, and, but I think that's a common thing. Yeah, oh, it is, definitely. Um, and, uh, but then for me, I would do everything. Did, social situations. Did anyone else pick up on these things? Well, I'm sure they did. I'm sure my friends noticed. Although I can't remember anyone asking me. So no one, no one approached you or brought this up or no, and showed I'm concern. Not my friends and not my teachers. Although I know that one of my English because I was very one of the effects mm -hmm. of you know, being so, well, I was mentally unwell yeah. and stressed. Everything stressed me out. You know, schoolwork just completely stressed me out. I kind of nearly had a breakdown when we were doing our mock exams just before the end. I was just, I flunked them. I couldn't think. I couldn't concentrate. And, um, yeah, and, and, it, and one of my teachers said, Emma, you, you, you don't have to go to university, you don't have to, and I think she was trying to reach out and say, yes. I can see you are struggling. She was trying to. She was trying that, but, yeah. but, you know, it didn't really yeah. go anywhere, and, and, and I know my parents noticed. Mm -hmm. um, they must have been okay. concerned. So they were, yeah. Probably, maybe just didn't know maybe what to do. No, probably Or how no. to approach things. No, I can't remember having a conversation 
until um, I finished my, I, I did get through my A-levels, um, and that summer, well, I, I changed things because I was going to go to university. Um, I should say, back up a little bit, yeah. I'm going to back go up ahead. a little bit too, because at, whilst all this was going on, I was still involved in church yes. life, and I was baptised when I was 15, I was... Um, uh, I was involved in a youth group. I had great youth leaders who, you know, were in the house yes. all the time. You know, the kitchen talks. There's lots of teenage stuff going on, um, like that. And I, and at the time when things were really bad, I helped to lead an 11 to 14 youth group. And it's crazy yeah, how you can live it's, a double life. Well, you it, can you can cover up so yeah, much. We can do it. In so many different ways, yeah. with so many different issues and problems. So I was helping to lead the 11 to 14s, yeah. and, and I was really not very well myself. So Emma, thanks again just for your honesty and just sharing your story with us. So let's begin to tell us, you know, how did things begin to change? Like, start to share with us, you know, how did this begin to change so that this didn't, in a sense, ruin your life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well... Because I had got that stressed with exams, I decided to defer my university year for a year and instead do a, um, a year team in the UK. At the time, you could do a year team with, with another church, okay. and I'd applied so, to one. So just a year team to serve a church serve for a year. Serve a church, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was the church in Lansing that I, and we end, I ended up in after university as well. But... Um, so I was going to serve the church for a year with a team of five other five others, and so that was due to start in September or October okay. after I did my A level exams. Yes. And but I was ill, yes. <laughs> and I don't know how I how I got through the interview for it or anything. I just don't know how. On the way back from the interview, that uh, the pastor of the church in Aylesham drove us down yes. to London to Sidcup to have the interviews and then on the drive back we were in a um, like a roadside cafe yes. stop and he offered to buy us lunch I can remember just I, I was in a complete panic staring at the menu I because this is the kind of yeah oh that's, situation that I'd would avoid be a like very uncomfortable cops. situation for you so I'm trying to find the one with the least yeah. whatever wow. and he said well, I'll just choose for you but anyway, so I remember that. And anyway, time went on. I'd done yes. my exams. This was all coming up. And after I finished my exams, my mum dragged me to the doctor. Okay. And I mean dragged. Yes. It's like dragged me, kicking and screaming to see the doctor. And um, she came in with me to the office. And I, um, I stared out the window. And I did not say a word. And he was saying, Emma, if you carry on like this, do you realize you're going to die? You know, he was like really painting the blackest yes. picture yep. um, ever, and I was just staring out the window because I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine letting go of it. I, I couldn't imagine, I didn't have the capacity or the, didn't know how I was going to, I felt ashamed, yes. I felt helpless, I felt, it, I, I was exhausted. But I didn't, Understandably so. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to explain what 
why, because I, I didn't really know why at that point. And um, so anyway, he said, I'm referring, I'm referring Emma to a psychiatrist. So that appointment date came through, which was in the August of that year. Um, but before that, we were taking um, our youth group um, to a, a, um, a Bible week, a Bible camp yes. of and race course. Yes. And I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but um, that's all right. I can never for us remember. In Canada, the name. that's okay. It's we will we'll, we'll let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> so it was for I think it was for eights to fourteens, mm -hmm. um, and um, I was with our group in the eleven to fourteens. It's like it was a it's in a race course, okay. so you can. Yeah. You know, you know, so it'd be like our, our Bible camps, just in a different setting. Yeah, in a yes. different setting. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in with them in their meetings, 11 to 14, and it was Jeremy and Anne Simpkins who were doing that. It's quite a connection because they connection. have a connection to our church. It's just amazing how small yes. the world is yes. in that sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny. But, um, so I was all week in the worship. I was very, I had a picture in my head all week whenever in any of the meetings I could see Jesus looking at me but I could not meet his eyes Really? and every time in worship that's, that's, that's in my mind's eye that was what I saw Wow! and I couldn't lift my eyes um, to him and then all the way through the week um, the kids because they're encouraging the kids to bring spiritual gifts yes. and to share words and they did, and it was great, but all there were tons of them um, through the week that applied to me. Yes. Um, about a bird in a cage who couldn't open the door, someone with a habit they couldn't break. That was that. You know, these are... <laughs> Pretty specific to your situation, specific, isn't it? All the way through the week. Yeah. And it wasn't until, of course, the last night that I, I, I said to someone of the And I think they were probably going, yes. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> she's free. But um, so I, so I went forward, and um, and Anne ended up, Anne Simpkins ended up being the one who prayed for me, um, and and so I've explained that I have anorexia. You finally named it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. which I would never have no, done before. No, that's quite a big statement, just to name it. Um, and so she she looked at me, and I thought, oh, she's going to pray for me. You know? mm -hmm. uh, and and she said, well, you know, Emma, I can't remember her exact words, yes. but the gist of it is God created you, and you're destroying what God created. And I think you need to She prayed with me, and I repented, and um, and then she prayed for me that God would heal my mind. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just stop you right there. Yeah. So some people listening might not even know what the word repent. Yes. I mean, can you just flesh that? What like what, what? What does that mean? And what did that look like for you specifically in this context? Well, to repent is to turn a one eighty away yes. from the things that you're doing and turn towards Jesus. So turn in a different direction. Turn back to Him. And 
So yeah, that's a big thing. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> to do. Um, and so I did that. Yeah, yes. I did. And, and you spoke that. Yes, I spoke that out as and prayer. asked God to forgive me. Yes. Which maybe, I don't know, sometimes in the back, I'm like, whoa, would, I, I don't know if that's a suggested treatment. <laughs> yeah. well, but we, but you what, do where's we're to, seeing, we're including a doctor, a psychiatrist, and there's a spiritual component from a Christian yes. worldview that is important as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. She prayed for me to be healed. And I, and I went down on the grass yeah. <laughs> outside the tent. And... I had a picture of Jesus, and he was looking at me, and I put me aside. And it was just... (laughs) That's so powerful. It, yeah. So, then there's the next day. So, you get up, and all week, it's been a nightmare for me, because the... Of course. All the meals are communal. Yes. They have the school dinner service. Yeah. Hard to hide. Providing mm-hmm. meals, you can't, yeah, very yeah. hard to hide. Yeah. Especially when you're with the 11 to 14 yes. year olds, you know, yeah. you're sitting with them. Um, and so I had to make the decision to go and get some food. And so I did. Wow. And it was a process over yes. the, yeah. the next weeks and months. Yeah. The next week, I went on a holiday with. Um, my family to uh, um, call food, and we were staying in a hotel with like yeah. a four course meal, wow. like, yeah. and and I ate. So, um, yeah, I I can only when I was prayed for, it was just like that thought pattern was broken. Yes. Like it was the the hold that it had on me. Yeah was broken. Powerful. So I could choose I could choose yes. then to just eat normally. Yeah. And that's I didn't eat like tons no, but, straight away. But you started a new But I a new started normal. a new normal. Yes. And I started to um, eat again. Yes. But I was set free from that yes. exhausting, relentless pattern of um, you know that made me restrict yes. what I ate and then the guilt and yes. the shame and the punishment and the restricting and the it, so it, it broke that and that was yeah it was I miracle. can say I was healed yeah, it was a miracle, a miracle. it was that's a, a miracle because, miracle yeah I, absolutely and I'm really grateful yes. to Jesus for that because it, it did, changed your it life it did change my life it did well, Emma, it's hard to believe our time's almost gone. Yeah. So just a quick review, um, just to say, for anyone listening today who might struggle with some of these different things, and it could be eating disorders, it could be issues of control that manifests itself in other harmful yeah. behaviors, we've talked about we can get help through our health care, so you can see a health care provider, you can see your medical doctor, you might be referred to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and help there. And then we also believe from a Christian point of view, from our church, that Jesus is concerned with every aspect of our lives. And we can see in the Bible, and we can see as people came to Jesus, Jesus brought healing in many different forms and ways. And he's still doing that yeah. today. Um, so Emma, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you just 
lead us in a prayer. And maybe you could pray, and maybe there's someone listening who might be in a similar situation you were in that you could just pray for them. Would you yes. be able to do that yeah, for us? That. All right, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you love us, that you have created each one of us um, to be the person that you intended us to be, Lord God, and you made us to be in relationship with you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for that too. Um, Lord, I pray for anyone who struggles with um, body image and, uh, and eating and their relationship with food. Um, Lord, I pray that, I thank you that you can break through all the tangle of emotions and thoughts uh, that we have about ourselves and about food, Lord God, that you can um, set us free. You have the power to set us free from the, our wrong ways of thinking and uh, the wrong ideas we have about ourselves or, or about you, Lord God. And I just pray that you would, if anyone's listening and they're struggling with these things, Lord, I pray that you would break through all of the mess, um, all of the guilt and the fear, Lord God, that holds you captive. Um, Lord, I pray that you would break through that, Lord, and you just set them free and um, set them free to live for you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, you are... Um, you are the only place we find our true identity, Lord God. You're the only place we find forgiveness and rest, Lord. So I pray that you would bring rest yes. to anyone who is uh, listening who may struggle with these things. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Emma Bicknell, thank you so much <laughs> thank you. for sharing with us. And again, well done in just being honest and sharing. I know it's not always easy. And so thank you and gives hope. And again, for anyone listening, you can contact us through ChristCentral.ca for our website and on Facebook. And we'd love to be able to walk out with other people and if we can help in any way. And again, you can touch base with your healthcare provider. We just ask that you struggling with anything, reach out, talk to someone, get some help, even though be courageous and take that step as Emma did as well. And we pray that God will break through. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our Christ Central Church Fredericton podcast. Thank you, Emma. And uh, we look forward to our next guest next month.